Alchemy is an ancient practice associated with science, chemistry, physics, astronomy, astrology, art, symbology, metallurgy, medicine, and philosophical analysis. And despite that these sciences were not exercised in a scientific way as known today, alchemy is the origin of modern logic. Dear listeners, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to another episode of The Alchemy of Truth. With you is your host uh, Nasser Khatib and our beautiful co-host uh, Amr. Sorry, assalamu alaikum Amr. Assalamu alaikum, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm very good. Uh, we also have the uh, girl that doesn't know anything, uh, Anna Rose Zayed. <laughs> oh, thanks. And we have a very special ghost today. Casper? <laughs> no, not Casper, not even better than Casper. Uh, we have with us our guest host... Uh, who is UTS lecturer and um, awesome coat wearer, uh, Mihal Krayim. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, and my coat. And your coat, yes. Um, it's a red coat. Okay. A red coat. You're a red coat. That was so the funny. <laughs> okay. The okay, alhamdulillah. Look, um, today is a very special day for me. Um, I'm very excited to be doing this show because um, I'm, I'm a avid reader of books. I used to, at one point in my life, read only fiction books, and I used to fall in love with the books and their authors, especially Agatha wow. Christie and Where Stephen King, going? people like that. And, <laughs> and I've always, of- I've always had all these questions to the authors about the book, but because the authors are dead or they're somewhere <laughs> else or they're extremely weird, I never got in touch with them. And so now we I get to be sitting. We have a dead author. <laughs> Yes, we have a non-dead author. We have an author in front of us uh, who has written a book um, which I've read and I've enjoyed immensely. Um, uh, The book is uh, Courting Samira, which was published uh, in 2012 in in Austin. Last year, yeah. So the book uh, came out last year, the e-book, and uh, the print comes out later on this uh, year, inshallah. So our guest today is Amal Awad, who is a Palestinian-Australian Muslim. Oh wow, Palestinian Australian Muslim. Uh, I'm going a bit hyphenated there. Yeah. A child of the 80s. I'm a PAM. <laughs> I just realized I couldn't make Pam. an acronym out of that. It's beautiful. An eternal advocate of good grammar. Alhamdulillah, I'm Absolutely. so glad. Because people suck with their grammar these this, days. This is, this is the important stuff, you know. Yeah, like you go on Facebook, really, I sometimes I just like my, my uh, blood pressure goes all the way up. Just After all, Facebook is so indicative of the Muslim Everywhere, community. even Everywhere. emails. Where is the community going? And so on and so forth. People should know the difference between your and your. Thank you. Amen. And there and there. Anyways, uh, she graduated, graduated university with a law arts degree. Practiced very briefly as a lawyer and now works as a journalist. Courting Samira is her first novel. The story is a light-hearted but honest peek into the life of a young single Muslim woman living in Sydney. The joys of blossoming romance, all very halal. <laughs> the uh, courtship rituals, uh, which is very Jane Austen. And the struggle with career choices and, of course, Arab guilt. Uh, so, um, Amal Awad, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you in our uh, studio. <laughs> Alive and kicking. Alive and kicking. Absolutely, yeah. Um, glad you like the book. Sorry? I'm glad you like the book. Oh, yes, I, I did. I actually, uh, it's very um, rare that I laugh at a book, and I laughed many times, Aww. loud. And Everyone it's not something. He, he liked the book. Everyone Where did you laugh? 
Must read it. I don't remember now. <laughs> Name the place. There were too many places. I, I really don't remember. But there, there was a number of places in which it just happened. Did you really laugh? cracked up laughing. Yeah, I did. Okay. I liked the bit when uh, she sent the email to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That, was that, that, that did happen in the book. They're not making that up. <laughs> yeah, no, it did happen in the book. I actually read it. I'm astounded that one of them at least has read the book. <laughs> was it hard to strike a balance with your audience and uh, your religion? Uh, I mean, I mean, was there a lot of uh, rewrites with the book to try to uh, to try to work out who your target audience was? To appease the community, if you will. Yeah, I think that the first draft was probably very, very. Um, I don't know, sense of, I, I was, you know, complete like, if, you know, I, I was picturing sort of the most, you know, religious Muslim reading it and approving of everything in it. <laughs> so that was probably the way I approached the first draft. And then as I got more confident with, the, with you know, with what I was writing, I obviously tried to just be more truthful. And that's not to say that um, truthful equals not religious. It was just, I was trying to be more reflective of yeah. real life. So the fact that, you know, nobody is perfect, you might be a very sort of sincere Muslim doesn't make you, you know, in a perfect yeah, state. Yeah, everyone has temptation. Exactly. So try yeah. to do that a little bit. You know what I love about the book? I love the, the whole courting process and the, uh, the whole door knock appeal. Yeah. Uh, can you briefly explain to the listeners the, uh, the door knock appeal and how much money is raised in the door knock appeal? <laughs> no! Oh, <I'm> a... <laughs> <laughs> Appeal is, is the name I gave it because I think it was already getting popular in the community. A lot of girls were calling it a Donok Appeal. They would say, I had a guy come over last night for a Donok Appeal. The Donok Appeal is um, just when the guy comes over with his family or his mum or his dad or you know his auntie or uncle or if he's an important, he'll probably come with his neighbour. So um, whoever recommended him. He comes all with an entourage. He comes with somebody. He can't come alone um, because that just it's questionable, you know, who is he? Where's, you know, where's he from? But it, I don't know where the Don Ocapil phrase came from. It just made me laugh. I just I think it's it. fantastic as a concept. I always tell my brother-in-law I'm going with him when he starts this. <laughs> yeah. I will be there. I just I'm have going to be. On your Don Ocapil. Yeah. <laughs> I think traditionally um, the way it happened is when the person comes to your place, it's already approved. So it's just mm -hmm. sort of a um, um, like a, a theatrical play sort of thing. That Is this the when history he goes of the door knock appeal? Are you talking about like in the village or are you talking about in Sydney? I'm talking about, no, no, in Arab countries. Yeah. Like no, I'm, I don't which know, one? I don't Iraq? know about that. I don't know. No, the no. one I'm from. Um, <laughs> I don't think, no, no, look, I don't think that's, oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. My, I just remember my mom telling me all these stories about how in the village, this is what they would do. The woman had to crack a walnut with her teeth or something to show wow. her. And I was like, mom, I'm never doing that. <laughs> and of course, my parents never asked me. I'm going to make Hamza's that. girls do that. I actually, um, I know, who's Hamza? Abdullah's brother. All oh, right. right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Be warned, Hamza. <laughs> I know I know of a story in which um, the lady when you know when the door knocker person came to uh, see them she had to give him tea and yeah, so when that happens that still yeah. happens so when <laughs> she not, gives him that's not myth <laughs> yeah no it still happens of course just but when she gives him the tea um, he 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 looks at her in the eye and Ooh. he goes um, I like my tea sweet <laughs> Oh my and God. she's like, this guy's a douche. But she puts sugar in his tea, you know. I never. Did. And he he doesn't he doesn't look at his tea or taste. He just looks at her and he, he's like, I like my tea sweeter. I can really see that scene, and it's really and enjoyable. Yeah, and like up. the thing is that never went off the ground. She's just like, you know, screw this, and she just walked away. Who are you talking about? Uh, somebody. 
<laughs> Nobody I know. No, this is a <laughs> real story. Like, I never said that. That never happened to me. I would never do no, that. that. That's for me. I mean, in the book, you have um, Zahra's mm. engagement was like that. I mean, she'd yep. obviously met her fiancé, Malik, already. And they went to the parents and said, hey, we like each other. And that that would have been one of those door knocks. Is that what you mean? Like the kind of post... Um, well, no. In Zahra's case, uh, she already knew the guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so these guys don't know each other. They don't know each other, oh, no. Well, that's an arranged yeah. marriage then. Well, no, because uh, they sort of, uh, you know, um, met each other afterwards. Do you just not like the words arranged marriage? Is that what's going on here? No, no. He doesn't say it as an arranged marriage. I don't see it as an arranged marriage. My marriage was an arranged marriage. Your marriage wasn't arranged. You both agree. Yeah, but we it can still, still be arranged. Yes. All right. Okay. Can, can I arranged. just define? Okay. Just, yes. Go ahead. Okay. Arranged marriage in my eyes is when the, the bride and the groom don't have a lot of say. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's really between the parents. Oh. To yeah. me, what I describe in the book is a setup. It's not. I don't, and I don't consider it an arranged marriage because Samira has a lot of choice. Well, she has complete choice whether or not she wants to see the guy again. And in fact, her father and mother take a very casual approach to it. They just, you know, after after a Don appeal, sort of sit down, turn on the TV, watch the Dubai channel. You know, like they don't really care. It's just a setup. It's just mm. a means of facilitating her meeting someone. Yeah. Now, in the story, Samira finds herself in a classic love triangle. And if it was Bridget Jones, I would call Hakeem, the Colin Firth character, and <laughs> my name. Menem. <laughs> I'm going Menem. And Menem the Hugh Grant. Or to go the Jane Austen route, and I feel like this might be a ladies-only episode of Alchemy of Truth tonight, um, the um, Hakeem would be Darcy, and Menem would be Wickham. A bit unfair on Menem. He's not... He's not dastardly like that he's not he's not a no but he's dashing and he's forward but he's honest and kind and and lovely and he's very sincere in his um, true emotions when it comes to Samira but I mean I can understand the temptation to make him negative because yeah um it seems like that's how it would go from historical absolutely yeah um and so without revealing the end was it hard for you to decide who she would choose because when I got about three quarters of the way through I had a crisis where I was like I like them both (laughs) she needs to marry them both was it hard to choose? I started, put it this way, the person she um, may or may not end up with, I'm not going to say she ends up with anyone, but <laughs> the person she may end up with in the book um, is not the person I thought she might end up with when I started writing mm. it. So actually, what happened was the muse took over and um, I was given a different ending. So yeah, I did want a different ending at the beginning. I started with the completely different intention and then... Um, as I wrote, it just no longer felt like it was the right ending. The it, fun, felt, yeah. it felt like it was... And that's how it felt reading it, as yeah. in I wanted the ending that didn't happen until it got to the point where that ending might happen, and then it didn't happen, and then I was convinced <laughs> otherwise that the ending that did happen should happen. I'm done. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, well, in looking at what, I suppose, books are out there for me, that involve Muslim women. We're always looking at things about the infidel and a Muslim woman that runs away from, you know, her Muslim husband to marry some kind of Christian. Yeah, Yeah. and it's it's always about oppressive, yeah, oppressive Muslims, kind of exoticized. Um, Were you trying to challenge that kind of ending with courting Samira, or were you not really conscious of that in writing it? Yeah, of course I did. I wanted, well, it's, it's not even about a direct challenge. It was more about, okay, we've got enough of that crap out there. Like, let's have something a bit more universal and something that actually shows Muslim women as women rather than women who, you know, are oppressed or, you know, all that cliched stuff. It's so boring to me. Like, I I understand that there are definitely people in the world who are suffering in that way and I'm not trying to belittle that. Um, But at the same time, it's not the case for everyone. And I think that, 
it's really dangerous to have just a bookshelf stacked with with books with this In generic Canada. generic mm. woman on the cover you know or you can see her eyes peeking out looking terrified um you know slavery blah 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 you know it's it's just there's so much more to our existence and i wanted to tap into that and and show sort of another way of life yeah. yeah. Can I just add some historical fact, actually? Yes, if you look do. traditionally Ooh. at um, not so much chiclet, but literature in general, so previously the way Muslim women were written into literature was that they were quite active. They weren't very passive voices mm. until um, they would... so, And they would be under the control of their fathers or their husbands or whatever. And then they would be rescued by a Christian soldier or whatever he was. Is this in and Muslim, taken, Muslim stuff? No, this is just in orientalist oh, kind oh, of literature yeah, yeah, they'd be yeah. they'd be rescued by a christian kind of soldier or whatever he was their savior and taken into christian realms and at that point in the novel the muslim woman would be silenced so previously while she was muslim she would have a voice and she would be actually really resistant but then when she went into the kind of christian lands she would be silenced and that was as a way of showing that that's actually how muslim women should be yeah. so it hasn't always been this kind of um you know passive no. voice for muslim look, look, women i don't think that i'm doing anything groundbreaking it's just different you know i'm not yeah. i'm not going to change everyone's mind but i am going to show you another way of life that's believable and i mean i get fantastic feedback from non-muslims who read it and, and they suddenly can relate better to their non like to their muslim friends they understand a little bit more because they, they have hints of it but they don't understand how it works in its entirety yeah. this is actually one thing i wanted to follow up on as a question yeah. um your target audience it's not clear who it is because yeah. as a guy i read it i loved it yeah uh, actually there's another girl that read it and she thought it was interesting but it was exactly her thoughts and her way of thinking yeah. so she didn't find it very groundbreaking no, but there was a lot of elements in the book right yeah. that explored muslim culture in a very subtle way yes Thank you. And yeah, I'm like the dancing. So pleased to hear you say that because what I was so worried that was people would read it and think it was just this shallow chick lit book. And it, there is so much nuance in there that I, I wasn't purposely trying to put it in. It's just it came out in my writing. Yeah. And I, I just, when people pick up on it, it really makes me grateful because it, it shows me that I've done that right. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, um, <laughs> so I, I liked it a lot yeah. because it wasn't too much. No. And it wasn't not banging the head not on, enough. Banging the reader's head yeah. 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 Here you go. But there is one thing that I wanted to ask you about. Sure. I'm not sure if this is a sensitive issue or not. No, no, go for it. Uh, Samira wears hijab. Yes. You don't. No. A lot of things that Samira does are good girl, hijabi girl stuff. Yeah. Now, I know hijabi girls. Yeah. They don't pray all the time. No. They don't always say prayers before they go to bed. I think she prays all the time. I think she tries to, but... <laughs> she seems to do she all her prayers. Her prayer and she's very tired and sleepy, and she does her prayers anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. that's superhuman. Yeah. I don't know, maybe... <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, is this... Um, your description of Samira, is it something that you want to see in yourself? Or is Absolutely. it something... Yeah, I love, I love Samira. <laughs> I think Samira is goodness personified she um is really clever and gutsy and and all of that and she's not a perfect person but I, I when i first wrote it i think i made her too perfect and i pulled back from that so i have her now questioning things a little bit more a bit i have her, she's a bit more indecisive she doesn't see the harm in talking to a guy the way she might have five years before that you know so there are things about her that aren't that perfect i mean i understand what you're saying i don't think it's that big a deal that she meets her prayers because i think a lot of people do quite comfortably um, but absolutely just what I, no, well, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I mean I think we've all been in that position where we're completely dedicated and we'll drop our work and we'll go down to the to the wash you know the bathroom and 
completely flood the bathroom floor at work <laughs> and then they will find any spare meeting room and tape it up and nobody's allowed to enter but then you have your phases where you're not that you know dedicated unfortunately and I, I didn't do it as a point more just I just it made sense to me at the time that's how she mm. came to me as someone who for her she didn't have a lot of us a lot of other things going on so why not you know uh, what she did have uh, going on was uh, a lot of men knocking on her door <laughs> and, <laughs> and the men in the book are they're classified as FOBs is that uh, mang- mangas I call it magnas you know, <laughs> the Jap- Japanese mango. yeah j- Japanese animation characters metrosexuals fearfully anxious fundies and you got the delusionals yeah. can you uh, briefly explain that okay, I should clarify that she's referring to the door knock appeals so the door knock appeals yeah, that's like right she's yeah. referring specifically to the range of men she's met through mm. you know her parents in the lounge room um, and that was just I mean I saw that as a survival mechanism a situation where it, it gets a bit ridiculous like when so many guys come to see you you start for me I, I felt like Samira was just trying to cope with the, the, the whole situation of how can I make this funny because she, she loves humour and she you know her favourite book is Catch 22 and you know so for her it was really I guess it was just her humorous way of dealing with it you know she would dehumanise these guys almost by saying by categorising them and it wasn't it wasn't meant to be that these guys aren't human but yeah. that's in her eyes they've become so generic that she's you know they're just a conglomerate now. <laughs> they're, they're the big fail that she can't seem to get right. So this is actually quite indicative of the fact that um, now traditional ways of finding somebody are failing because of the way that people are interacting. Well, so well, well, let's slow down. <laughs> no, no, I, look, I think that I, I was trying to make the statement that it doesn't work for everyone. Um, I'm prime example of that. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I don't think I'm the only girl who would say that. And frankly, even some of my most you know, religious friends and quote-unquote religious, you know, they met their guys other ways. I mean, in legitimate ways, I should emphasise, but, you know, at uni or at work or... or a nightclub, yeah. Not at the nightclub. That's part two, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, a lot of my friends met them, you know, just through everyday life. And, you know, they weren't doing anything wrong, but they, you know, some of my friends were adamant that they wouldn't have any door knock appeals. I did not have that until later in life. And then... I think when I hit about 28, maybe 29, I kind of said, okay, no more. <laughs> can't do it. Don't, can't, can't handle it anymore. <laughs> but Samira kind of challenges that idea that it's not go. You, you don't, just because you don't meet a partner through a door knock appeal doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. No. And that's kind of yeah. a really interesting point just because you, you know, there are other ways of meeting people. Yeah. And she was to... even casual about the way Zahra met her fiance. She didn't, she wasn't fussed that her cousin had met her fiance, you know, just through community events or through work or whatever she she thought it was funny like yeah as if they haven't been meeting you know yeah. secretly and it was a joke and you know look I, I think I wanted to show respect to the fact that some people um you know are very strict about the process but then you have sort of the other side of the spectrum where people are a bit more easy going yeah so I wanted to reflect all of those I didn't yeah not in a textbook way just in a realistic way um, so recently, Susan Carlin wrote a piece about the pressures that Muslim women face who are in the media. Um, have you faced any kind of criticism from Muslims or non-Muslims, and what what have they been, really? Um, I've been told 
by a few writers not to ever read the comments <laughs> that, that people post Did you online. do that successfully? Because I could um, never... I'd be like, yeah, I would never bother. I, 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 I kind of I tried to... Do it at midnight. I, I, sit there. <laughs> I, I did say I insisted that I'd only scan them and, and then I was like, that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is all you need to do is glance to get a sense of whether you're getting a negative or positive reaction. Um, I think one of the, the, the recent pieces I wrote about... Um, Percept that sorry depiction of Muslims and Arabs in cinema. I got a fairly negative response online, but out, like not on Facebook or you know from other. Out, I had a lot of people who don't have you know regular contact with me write to me out of the blue and say that they liked it, but the online comments weren't weren't very flattering. From a Muslim or non-Muslim? I would say that they were a non-Muslim audience. Mm, I don't think that they, it was. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, um, I think some of the pieces I've written for Daily Life. Um, I wrote a piece which was very sort of Samira-esque, which is like, um, you know, about Muslim quote-unquote dating. Um, and I was quite surprised that some people picked certain that things apart. Frankie? No, I did write one in Frankie. About Muslim dating? That was the first thing I wrote. And I, actually I read did. that before I was a Muslim. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. There you go. That was one of my proudest moments. That was, I got into Frankie magazine and I was really proud of myself. Cool. And that um, that was what essentially. What was Frankie the magazine? Was it a magazine about Franklin's for shopping store? No. Again, again, Alba. You just see them all the time. No. Incredible. It's, no. it's a very retro-y kind <laughs> of arty, arty mag. It's very hipster. It was. Very hipster. I thought I was very hipster too. It's I non-photoshopped. Lot of well. arts and crafts and things like that in it, but also funny mm. stories. I don't turn enough floral. I found out. <laughs> but no, no. I think that um, I wrote a piece about as well uh, not drinking alcohol recently. I got a really positive response from that from non-Muslims and you know Muslims alike, I guess. Now, personally, I love the Zahra character, which I think you've said already is a bit unusual. But I think her perverseness in me is worried, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> but I feel like if you can't, I think your words were "I'm like Zahra." Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. that was where my concerns. That was from. the one I wasn't trying to yeah. say on the radio. But never mind now. <laughs> anyway, I feel like if you can't be awful to your cousins or your siblings, who can you be awful to? Maybe that be awful at all. But yeah, <laughs> there's that option. But you that's know, boring. Yeah, it's not. It's not very me. <laughs> anyway, so it's hinted at the end of the novel that Zahra might be finding herself in quite a tricky predicament. Mm -hmm. um, but that story wasn't really developed at all by the end of it. So therefore, can we expect a sequel like Beverly Hills 90210 The College Years? Definitely not like Beverly Hills 90210 The College Years. <laughs> Why not? Um, I, look, I, I do ask, I get asked this a lot and I have considered it, but it would be, I think, um, probably more like Lara's story or something like that. It wouldn't be Samira again. Could be Zara. Mm, yeah, not really. No. <laughs> she's she's not um, that much. Uh, look, okay, Zahra. Okay, this Could is. Could it be Anna Rose? I have yeah. been. No. <laughs> Am I right? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, awkward, awkward, awkward silence. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Okay, Zahra. Zahra. Yeah, no, no, I actually do want to. I want to address this because I have been asked about her, and um, one person was saying, you know, is her husband going to beat her up? And I'm like, absolutely not. This is chiclet. That doesn't happen in chiclet world. Mm. And and I really wasn't trying to suggest that with him. He's oh, not. I thought that's what was going to happen. No, because Zahra. I was quite excited by it. Okay. Oh dear God. <laughs> well, not like that. I'm actually so really interested. <laughs> It's okay. complex. No, like no, no. that's what I mean. It's not very chiclet. He's not, it's, he's not. it's more. It shows the world in more real colours. Yeah, no, no. But he, okay, but he's not a wife beater. So he's, <laughs> he's 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 not the warmest guy, and he's probably not 
a dream come true kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but but she, that's what I liked. Yeah, but he wasn't perfect. Okay, no worries. Okay. Thank you, Anaris. Stop silencing me. No, no, no. Can I answer the question? Zahara, her problem is that she's selfish and self-centered. And so because of that, any guy is going to challenge her. So what I was trying to get across was that this is actually a challenge for her because she's going to have to no longer just live her life according to her own rules. Mm. You know, she's going to have to consider someone else and that's a big leap for her. So that's what I was trying to get across. However, it probably doesn't help that he's not like Madam who is very warm and upfront and, you know, loving in that way. But it's, I mean, uh, the interesting thing about the story, and this is something that I heard um, uh, or or that I, I read about in other movies as well, that um, generally it's the the men who are the center of the story, or it's a man who's the center of the story, and all the other women, they just play different parts that are complementary to his role, mm, right. right? But they don't have their own roles. And that's what I felt was here, is that she has the main role. Mm, and all the other men, uh, Samira, and all the other men in her life are just supporting They're actors. supporting actors, yeah. yeah. And I felt a little bit, um, I don't know. <coughs> uh, ambushed? Ambushed? No, not ambushed. Yeah, dis- no, I felt it was unfair. Okay, well, you've got you to understand that it's actually written in first person, so it's very hard when you're writing in first person to give too mm. much airtime to anyone else because she can't actually go into their head. She can't go into their heads. Mm. As much as she likes to overthink things, and she does, um, you know, she, she can't. But the thing, the thing that I, I've gotten from a lot of guys who've read it, and this is the amazing thing, a lot of guys have read it, um, they love getting insight into how a woman thinks. So I'm actually really... Um, amazed by that reaction from a lot of the guys who want to see what makes a girl tick <laughs> and um yeah a muslim girl especially so mm. i i, yeah, I think it's necessary i think you need a, a female centric mm. book like that because it is always the guy who's getting all the airtime and it's, it's nice to sort of have outside of the story a little bit a little bit yeah well I'm sure this is the question that everyone's been wanting to know. Um, So Stephen King says that there's a bit of him in every book and everybody wants to know how much of Samira is you. Yeah, I know. Everybody wants to know that. <laughs> yeah, that's not is. a boring question at all. <laughs> that question. Do you is have a rehearsed answer? <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me ask it in this way. I I have written uh, short stories before. Okay. Yes, I know. I know. Please keep all your hijabs <laughs> wow, on. I know it's very exciting. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I have written short stories before. With pictures or without pictures? Um, <laughs> no, no, no pictures. Actually, writing p- books with pictures is quite difficult. But anyways, um, <laughs> I tried. Tried clearly. It's it's it was um, even though it was like a very short, I think five page story. It was very exciting for me, okay. and it was very it, it was like a wild ride because. I had this person in my hand and I could do anything to him. Yes. Mm. It was such a powerful feeling. In five pages? In five pages. Actually, no, I think it was uh, it was five parts, so it was about 20 pages. It's not in my blog, actually. Anyways, um, so I wanted to ask you, because when I read this book, it sort of had that, not violence, had that sort of exciting chaos yeah. about her life, about the people that she meets, about her turning around and seeing men and right in front of her and getting freaked out and then saying seeing Zahra and Zahra being all weird towards her, you know I'm all these laughing things. Laughing because that's totally happened to you, hasn't it? <laughs> 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 never, sorry, never, never would that happen. <laughs> She's like, I wish. <laughs> so my question is, how did it feel writing this book for you? Yeah. Did you 
sort of plan it out from the beginning or did it sort of just you know have a, a central concept of an idea and then just let it flow out i had a central concept of an idea i, I won't do that again though next time i will I, i've started something now and, and I, i'm trying to plan it a bit better i'm trying to do the research exactly the sequel not exactly oh. the sequel it's a totally different book um we've got to let that one go for a while um <laughs> and um I, I don't know like what you described there seems to me that you probably wrote something very powerful because that's what happens when you write. When you write, you become entrenched in this other world. You almost go in trance-like state if you're really lucky. Because if you if you're conscious of everything you're writing, chances are it's not very good. <laughs> you need you become you become that character in a way, and you start. I mean, if I wanted to write Lara, I had to get into her head, and I could be something I wasn't. But I could, you know, with Samira. The reason why I object to people calling her me, and my boss constantly does it, he always says, how's your autobiography going? And it really, really <laughs> irritates me. Um, but the fact is, I can't deny that part of me is in there, but also that part of the world that I've sort of experienced or the life I've experienced and that of my friends is in there. Of course it is, because every writer is shaped by their experiences and their understanding of the world. It's that mm -hmm. simple. That, what else am I writing about? I mean, even if you look at science fiction, it's it's their parallels, their metaphors, aren't they for real life? So he was saying that he wrote a book about um, a young boy whose father is a political activist who is disappeared by I think the Libyan or the um, Egyptian government, and he himself was a young boy whose father was disappeared by the government, um, and people kept saying to him, "How much like is this just your story?" And he kept saying, "No, it's not. It's events I know, which means I know I can write about them, but that doesn't mean mm. that the story itself is my story. I'm just working within paradigms that I know about." Well, exactly. I mean, look at Stephen King. I mean, he surely has not experienced everything he's written about. If he has, then I absolutely have Freaky. no idea Weird. how he could be. <laughs> Actually, what you mentioned is from his book on writing. So he, he wrote a whole book about it after he had that car accident. He got hit by a car. Did he? Um, he was unconscious or in a coma, I think, for several months. And then when he woke up, he just started typing up this book called On Writing. And it, was a, he, it was a really good book. It's a fantastic it's an amazing book. book. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to write or has an interest in writing. And he says that there is a part of him in every character he writes. And that is because it does bleed to write. It does actually take something out of you. What else is your job? You're a vehicle. You are the messenger. So it's like these people are coming to you and saying, tell our story. And he makes the reference to sort of digging up like an archaeological site. You, you, you're digging up your relics one by one. Actually, in, in one of his books, it's very interesting. He's got an um, uh, anthology, I think, I don't know, a series of uh, horror slash uh, fantasy yeah. books called the Dark Tower series. Yeah, uh, and it's very interesting because after he has his accident, he puts himself into the next installation of that of those books, mm -hmm. and he's there, and he even um, uh, sort of recreates the central character, mm -hmm. the the gunslinger, as himself. Right. So it's incredible how much power you would have that you would write a it's series like of Sophie's books. World. Have you read Sophie's World? Mm, nope. Who's that by? It's a really famous book, and it's all about like. They write this character, but then this character is real, and the two worlds start. It's a good book. You should read it. Yeah, not as good but, but as. Look, you, you uh, definitely you have to you have to sort of. Um, but it's not just it's not just Samira that I, I had to put part of myself into. There's part of me in Hakim, or part of me in you know Zahra, even Zahra. Like, you know, because nobody's perfect. Everybody has a good side and a bad, the good and the bad in them. And I I I think that the characters I never designed them. I never I never said okay I need. I need the villain and I need the nice guy and actually Menem was an afterthought. 
I actually yeah. had started the book with Hakim and that was it. And then um, I kind of might have given away the ending. <laughs> but my point is that he, he swept in. He became, he was necessary to the story and he kind of raised his hand and said, here I am. And I kind of went, oh, okay, here's this other guy and he's going to shake things up a little bit. Mm. And when you don't kind of draw on experiences, that's when you, you tend to resort to something a little bit more stereotypical. I don't promise you that the more you try to to just reiterate or like recite real life experiences the more shallow and the more contrived it comes across the stuff that comes purely from your imagination is more real because mm. there is an essence to what you're saying there's a point to it there's there's you're trying to transmit a message without even knowing what the message is whereas when you when you just recite something that happened you know what your purpose is the minute you say it and I'm going to get people to laugh at this and it's just not it's not effective writing in my mm. eyes anyway speaking generally anyway now, for the corniest question of all, this is one for your groupies, or groupie, at least the one you've met. What advice would you give to aspiring writers? Um, to write every day, I think, would be the best advice I can give. It's very difficult. <laughs> I know that, but if you... No, so are, oh, you, okay. are you here okay. waiting for this advice? The best advice I can give is to write every day. You know, given that some people don't have that luxury, then write as often as you can because you don't know what you'll uncover. See, a lot of it is, is hit and miss. You, you don't sit down and go, I think I'm going to start a novel today and it's going to be fabulous and everything's going to just flow. It doesn't work that way. You show up to work about 20 times before anything starts to happen. And, and that's the way I see it. I see it as a job. It's like, you go to, it's like going to the office and you sit there and you wait and you just, the more you just write randomly, the more you start to think creatively and you start to get a sense of your characters and the world that they inhabit. But you should have done some research before you sit down as well. You should have a sense of where you want to go with your story. It'll probably end up completely different, but you've got to start with something. You can't just shop towards there and go, okay, all right, magically the fairies are going to come in and give me my story. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry to break the bubble. <laughs> Where's the bubble here for everyone? <laughs> so uh, what's your next project? What are you working on what are, uh, now? I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 I, I think, I think there is an original fairy dying somewhere. And all six months. I'm a Muslim. I can't joke about that stuff, can I? Um, no, look, um, let's cut that out, please. Uh, no, no. I am uh, working on some, uh, a couple of film scripts. And um, I'm also, I've also started another novel. So, And I'm also doing... I mean, obviously, I'm doing the columns I've, I've just recently got on board a, a website called aquila style which is um designed for muslim women it's a fantastic website and mm. um based in southeast asia and what's the uh, web address i think it's www.aquila-style.com yeah okay. anyway but it's great like the, it's got fashion lifestyle all that stuff but <coughs> I, i'm writing as a columnist so mm. i mean it's, it's things like that that i'm really enjoying as well so it's not all just fiction and now finally just before we finish up can we make you promise for us that when you become super famous and amazing you will never ever ever write a book about a poor muslim woman who runs away from her terrible overbearing husband and runs to the wonderful west can I do that if I if I do no. that really obvious juxtaposition of the woman who's really really happy with her husband? No, I'm kidding. I'm making a statement. <laughs> but no, no, no. I absolutely. I look. That's you know funny. what? We don't need more books like that. Yes. There are too many of them. Yeah. Um, and even though it does happen, and, and I totally accept that. Just not in um, I don't cases. think we need another book like that. 
we don't need another one of those books. And and I mean, chiclet anyway was is not necessarily the genre I want to stick to, but I definitely couldn't make that work in chiclet. Yes, <laughs> to, to try. It's <laughs> a hilarious romantic comedy. Yeah, it's something romantic comedy with a twist, huh? <laughs> um, don't really want to joke about that stuff. And um, yeah, chiclet anyway. You know, I did it for because it was accessible. It was yeah. something that I liked. So. No worries. Um, unfortunately, uh, we are at the Cafe Casturi in uh, in out. the city, and we're about to be kicked out. And uh, yeah, he's been We come to the end of our show. Um, I'd like to thank our guest, uh, who very humbly and very graciously. Graciously, <laughs> what? Graciously, we yes. Graciously. Yes, graciously. I'm not playing you in Scrabble. Agreed. <laughs> uh, agreed to come into the show and to uh, bear her soul to us. So thank you very much. Thank you so Amen. much for having me. It was so much fun. And I want to say to all the listeners to go out there and uh, make sure they get the uh, the book according yes, to Mira. Please, yes, uh, the website is <laughs> www. I can't believe I have to do this. According to Mira.com. Um, it's available online. It should be in bookstores more widely in August. So just to repeat, that's www. I can't believe I'm doing this coin to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe the host made me do it myself. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Um, so again, thank you very much and wish you all the best with the books. Thank you so much and I'm glad you enjoyed it. No and yes, for guys out there as well, um, read the book. No, You'll sorry, understand your wives better. <laughs> Absolutely. Take it from someone who's never been married. <laughs> I still know how it works. Um, and also, uh, thank you to our uh, sorry hosts, co-hosts, uh, Amr and Anna Rose. Thank you, Amr. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you to our guest, uh, Amal, and our, our special ghost test. Uh, ghost test. Ghost host. Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of that. Oh, okay, you you take care of that. Thank you very much. And uh, Anna Rose. <laughs> No probs, bro. <laughs> and uh, again, uh, thank you very much to our ghost uh, there, uh, Michal Krayim, who uh, agreed to come in with us and to uh, impart some of her incredible wisdom with us. Um, your insights uh, were, as always, eye-opening. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having me. They were astounding. Thank you. She read the book first. She reviewed I it. Did. She I did. Yeah. She, did was, she was the first to review the book, so... Did you find any spelling mistakes? In the book? In the book. Oh, my review. Actually, no. actually. Oh, oh, oh. oh. No. <laughs> oh, really? Couldn't find any. Lucky. <laughs> you look very relieved. I didn't find any. And um, now that we come to the end of our show, I'd like to thank you as well, your host, uh, Nasr Khatib, uh, wishing you a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.